Blen vain audio, short you shachlay as bovalium shoes your haltiger. Shay Robert a carslach mish. I'm Bob Carswell. A happy new year to you, and I'd like to welcome you to this program, the first edition of Shachlay for 2022. On Schulichen Ballechastel, on Castletown Promenade, heading out to Derby Haven, the land rises up to a low promontory above the shore. And on the highest point of that promontory, there's an artificial mound raised up, on the summit of which are the dark, gaunt remains of a small building. On the inland side of that mound is a plaque which says this, Hango Hill, ancient place of execution. Here, William Christian of Ronaldsway, Iliam Dawn to the Manx people who regarded him as their national champion, was shot on the 2nd of January 1663 for his part in the Manx Rising of 1651 against the Derby family who held the island for the royalist cause. The ruins, says the plaque, are those of a late 17th century summer house known as Mount Strange. Well, the Baronetcy Strange was the title bestowed on the heir to the Earls of Derby. But Mount Strange is not Hango Hill. Turning away from Mount Strange, what we see is King William's College, built in the early 1830s. In levelling the ground to build the college, the works erased the small prominence that was Hango Hill. The actual site of Hango Hill now lies this side of the college where St Thomas's Chapel stands, about 180 metres away from Mount Strange. A quiet falls on Hango Hill Just some distant seabirds call All along the rock side Hango Hill and I hear the captain shout, and then the shots ring out, and one man starts to cry, and a woman kneels to pray, and the seabirds fly away, and there's a dead man lying, boy. A bullet on Hango Hill. Here's a bullet. I found it on Hango Hill. Greg Jochen with the final part of his song about Hango Hill. W.T. Quirk, William Thomas Quirk, wrote a sonnet entitled Mount Strange, Hango Hill. They shot Brown Willie here. Now why did they? Could Bullet, whining home and tearing flesh, Atone for what some called base treachery. A mouldering relic, buttressed by a stay. At whose request? The winds return afresh, one day to sink these stones in waiting sea. Bathers and babies, folk come here to play, careless of time and history's long mesh, glad for the sun, the now, the blithe and free. Why did they shoot him? Who shall rightly say? Those leaning stones to legend now belong. Whose treachery was here, slayer or slain's? Who stands condemned by these futile remains? And who, 
remembered in our island song. San Trufargus Gonless Vermaudunyer be, as tether Vasilium Don Brigen and Gree. Vaudras our vanen at Wunyan a cheer, Vau Goitz on Dunya Ser as Dunya Krina, as Shage the Yellow Vai Haraushin Ski. Ach, tether vessel, you more prison and grief. Vau lau yesh an irla, a soul yesh a tear, Shen hug tether nudge and gat wish thy on sphere. She true fargus gonless vermoud on your be, As tether vessel, you more prison and grief. Bell in the state tall on a crunus vi, Blunus ach the gerach and bozzle the high. She true fargus gonless vermoud on your be, Ach tether vessilium don brigen and grief. Vader greater thanks grun and the to the best. Lest finish and falls of a fallum den grass, and wing verne haglach the bind the gel moi, as tether vessel yum moor prison and grief. Leg fair on satalu, fair elias and air, ach elium a cowl, legs of all hair. Ilium a cowl, schloch na bebui, shed a vessel yum don, ren brigen and grief. Nims me heeden a gurgeach lesh mudders trishjil, the vacan spangle and the grine a heis of whale. Courts nigher a nudgeon lesh order a re, get a the vessel yum don, brigen and grief. Dremel and Mesher Hreg Hrainalai, the Beer Slocht Ilium Dawn on Thrunus Vai, and Nudgeon Dell cast it as a heathen like she, as Glen Christine Ganel, as Slenneg a Brian MacStall. Who would place his faith in nobility or power, in youth or beauty, or in great family? For envy, choler, and fury will destroy any man. And your death, Ilium Dawn, it breaks our heart. You are the receiver of man, that's to say, the receiver general, the lord of man's appointee, to collect the lord's rents and other payments. You are a great man of the country. You are acknowledged to be a gentleman and a wise man, and of your good dealing we were never tired. You were the right hand of the earl, and the right eye of the people. So the song is suggesting that he also used his position to keep an eye out for the well-being of the Manx people. But this apparently was sometimes by curtailing the activities of other prominent Manx families. That made your enemies swell so much against you in hatred. 
There are other verses which give a background against which Ilium Dawn had a number of prominent enemies amongst leading Manx families, particularly the Colgates, who were rivals for some properties. So, whilst the story of Ilium Dawn has come down to us in song as a hero, he wasn't universally admired in his own day. Beautiful your estate that was at Ronald's Way, delightful your garden, and noble your house. They say that letters came to put you to death with false testimony that was vacuous and without virtue. The jury was very fearful, so that it was forced to leave you outside, which means to put you outside the law to condemn you to death. One fired into the earth, another in the air, but William Cowell fired in the right place. For Ilium Cowell is the seed of the yellow cow. The expression slucht na bear bui is obviously one of great disgust and contempt and must have been very powerful. Elsewhere, in fact, there's a suggestion that Ilium Cowell was the foster son of Ilium Dawn. But I'll comfort myself with the greatness of my hope to see the branch of my love sitting in the court. That's to say, Ilium Dawn's branch of the Christian family, taking its place in Timwald again, causing vexation to its enemies by order of the king. The king and the Privy Council sent orders for Ilium Dawn to be reprieved, because Charles Stanley shouldn't have been taking this action. Unfortunately, the reprieve arrived too late. But subsequently, Ilium Dawn's family was restored. For once... Dreamed I, as on a rock I was lying, that the descendants of William Dawn should be in Ronald's way, his cruel enemies overcome, and he himself at peace, and the Christian clan blithesome and whole at their heart. There are, in fact, another fourteen verses in printed sources, and even a few lesser-known fragments found elsewhere, so it was a song which had great significance and retained its importance to the Manx people. In fact, one verse was later added and published in 1781, clearly as an admonition, even a warning, to the later lords of man, the Dukes of Athol, not to be blind to and to cheat the people of the island through following false advice. Dr. Jennifer Curley Draskow is the author of a book, Ilium Dawn, Patriot or Traitor, and subsequently of a biography of the Countess of Derby, Charlotte de Tremouille. In 2012, I had published a book on William Doan. Now, a lot of William's life is shrouded in mystery, and there are still unexplained things about his life, but to me and to many Manxmen, he is an icon, and he did a lot of good stuff for the Isle of Man, irrespective of what else he may or may not have done. And he has been, he has been persistently misrepresented right from the time when the 8th Earl of Derby had drafted the most ridiculous and ludicrous charge against anybody, saying that he'd had a hand in the execution of the Seventh Earl, which was patently ridiculous. And so that was judicial murder. So right from then, he's been misrepresented. And so has Lady Derby, incidentally. When I wrote the book on Ilium, the BBC website said, Ilium Doan, notorious opponent of the Earls of Derby. Well, he wasn't a opponent of the Earls of Derby. I can tell you why. He actually owed his house and his job to the seventh Earl. And how that came about was because his wicked old father, Deemster Christian, who was my ancestor, I'm a direct descendant of Deemster Christian, 
wondered what to do with William because his three oldest sons had been sent off to England. He said, go and get, marry some rich English women and stay there and establish yourselves. And William had done that for a bit, but then he got fed up with England, even though his wife was an heiress and she had land with mining rights on it and all sorts of things. And one day he turned up with his wife and two kids at Milltown. He said, hey, Dad, I've come home. So the dean said, right, OK, what's to do here? And he thought on, and it was the time when the seventh earl was trying to revise the system of land tenure so that people would no longer hold by the straw but would hold by a lease of three lives which most people didn't want to do they're very suspicious you know the bank's always suspicious we're always suspicious um and he needed some prominent citizens to lead the way so dean Ewan said okay well i'll be one of them i'll, I'll take that on and he said um my brown envelope is going to be that uh, you settle your lordship settles the dispute between myself and the colcutts over the estates of ronald's way which had, his sister had had an interest in and Lord Darby said, OK, fair enough. So he said, right, the deems settled Ronsway on Ilium. And Ilium went off to Ronsway and became Ilium donor of Ronsway, as we know. And in the meantime, the Earl of Darby looked at Ilium and he thought, here's a likely lad, perhaps he'd like to work to me. And Deems Ruin said, you'd like to work for the Lord, wouldn't you, William? You can work for the Lord. And he did. And he worked for the Lord so faithfully, so competently, that in 1651, when the Lord was summoned to England to go and fight for the future Charles II, he left the Isle of Man jointly between Lady Derby and Ilium Doan. So that's proof. And he was the victim, as I said earlier, of the 8th Earl of Derby. He wasn't his opponent, he was his victim. Now, if you could say he was the opponent of anybody, he was the opponent of Lady Derby. And the reason he was the opponent of Lady Derby was partly her fault, according to what we know, because when they were jointly in charge of the Isle of Man during the Civil War, they had an agreement between them that they would not treat with the enemy without consulting each other. And when she learned, firstly, that Lord Derby had been imprisoned by the Roundheads, and secondly, that Colonel Ducklefield, on the orders of Cromwell, was on his way to the Isle of Man, they say it seems an enormous number with three regiments of foot and one of foot horse. He was sheltering at Beaumaris from the inclement weather of the Isle of Man in the autumn, which we can all relate to. And she sent to him at Beaumaris and said, I'll give you the Isle of Man and everything in it, every manxman, every cow, every pussycat, if you will see to it that my husband gets released. And, of course, William Down Down had spies everywhere, so he found this out. And was it the spur? Was it the red rag to a bull? Was it the trigger? Was it just what he needed? I don't know. We'll never know. But he summoned 800 men to Ronald's Way, and he rang them with his silver tongue, and he said, she will sell you for tuppence or threepence a head. She threatened to do it to the Welsh, and she'll do it to you. And that was the beginning of the rising. And she probably did do that. Ilium was Manx and he was a relation of mine and also an icon. It's the drama of Ilium's ending and the horror and, and the terrible lies of the charges against him that have sort of embellished the tale. Dr Jennifer Cooley Draskow and her thoughts on her distant relative Ilium Dawn, William Christian, son of Deemster Ewan Christian of Milntown, from whom Jennifer is herself directly descended. This is a poem now written by Mona Douglas about Ilium Dawn, Bardunus on Ilium Dawn, or Cred Nishta Ilium Dawn, a lament for Ilium Dawn, or Where Now is Ilium Dawn? Tashin Kenya Trai, Ochon, Te Ilium Dawn and Eden Bess, Fech a Chadle, Down the Lure, Hwel Pure Gilium Nish, Trimsha Orin, Moor's Beg, Chanel Weg de Yunwine. 
Djörgeul er klu gin chas, ljast un kore fon drein. Gastes fir daiach ve, shadu de brais on keres mai, toshach jena manani, lend of ri uns kurt natai. Nish te fur as krai gin bio. Ach, an shaw, de kinjach te, salzich a mach morfeniach dun, cur urt smunjach or in de brei. Havel, maru, William Don, te nin gion, nin lau, nin gri, bio de brech ult skielen te, toshach jena manari. Sadly we lament, alas, William Don has died. Quiet his sleep, deep enough. Ilium has no power now. Sad are we, great and small. There's nothing we may do. Red his blood on a chest without warmth. We must lay him beneath the hawthorn. Active and engaging was he, standing always for good fairness, foremost of the Manx people, full of energy in court and home. Now he's cold and stiff, without life. But here he will always be shining out like a hero to us, forming an ideal for us forever. Ilium Dawn is not dead. He's our head, our hand, our heart, alive forever in stories is he, foremost of the Manx people. Author, composer, musician, historian, filmmaker and broadcaster Charles Gard, MBE, is associated with the administration of Milntown, the historic home of the Klein Christian, the Christian clan. For Kulchivanin, Charles has explored elements of William Doan's actions, trying to present both sides of the argument. William Doan is the most famous Manxman because he played a key part in an extraordinary aspect of Manx history in the middle of the 17th century. He surrendered the Isle of Man to the parliamentary forces during the Civil War. Because of this, his name has lived on uh, in Manx history and amongst the Manx people. He'll always be remembered as a colourful character, but 350 years after these events, it's difficult to get the, the nuances about what was happening. He was employed by the uh, Earl of Derby. He was put in charge of the Isle of Man when the Earl left to fight for the King. But instead of protecting the Isle of Man from the parliamentary forces that came, he surrendered it. Now, many people say he did that to save bloodshed. And indeed, there was no bloodshed. When the parliamentarians eventually arrived on the island and Ilium Doan had negotiated that there would be no bloodshed, the Countess was uh, holed up in Castle Russian and she was told by the parliamentarians that if she didn't surrender the castle, then the cannons would be fired and the walls would be broken down. As it happened, some Manx soldiers in the castle opened the back door and let the parliamentarians in. At that point the countess and her children and the whole retinue of page boys and squires were given free passage to leave the island. She could have been thrown into prison for resisting the parliamentarians or worse, she could have been executed. In fact, she was uh, allowed to leave the Isle of Man and make her way back in England.
There are two ways of remembering Ilium Dome, either surrendering the Isle of Man to protect us all, or not defending the Isle of Man when he was left in charge by the Earl of Derby. Charles Gard, MBE, carefully setting out both viewpoints in relation to Ilium Dawn. The duty of Ilium Dawn placed on him by James Stanley was to protect the island and protect the Countess, Charlotte de Tremois. However, the fear was that Lady Derby would treat the island and its people as mere pawns, to bear the brunt of reparations or as the price for saving her husband. As both Charles and Jennifer alluded to, Ilium Dawn's actions meant the large parliamentary invasion force returned to England, so that meant that the island, which couldn't have stood against them anyway, wasn't burdened with providing for them. People weren't displaced for them, they weren't forced out of their homes, they didn't lose their own food or fodder for their animals. The island wasn't despoiled by an occupying army. Had Charlotte de Tremois resisted the parliamentarians in a siege of Castle Russian, and particularly if that had led to injury or death on the parliamentary side, it seems likely that she and her household would not have had safe passage out. So this was pragmatically, and perhaps paradoxically, the best way of ensuring her safety. William Walter Gill wrote this poem entitled At Malou Church, A Lament for Ilium Dawn. Weep, oh, and weep, but raise gently your keening and crying. For still is his sleep, oh, how still is his lying. Keen softly his rest. Deep, deep is our sorrow and sighing To see in his breast the brave way of his dying. He died in pain. But his spirit dies never, it shall remain our beacon for ever. Here the bare trees sing the song of his dying, And a shudder of breeze on the bracken tops, sighing, Sleep now, O oh, sleep, laid deep in the earth of our land, For always we keep alight the clear flame that you fanned. Ilium Dawn was buried in the chancel of Malou Church after his execution by firing squad at Hango Hill on Castletown Bay on the 2nd of January 1663. What is Ilium Dawn but bones now and a memory that was loose wool on a wire, a bead fallen from the string, a fish leapt clean from the river? And yet, look beyond the elegiac verses, the curses laid on Scarlet and its heirs, the tangle of political affairs, and a harsh death in a cold place in winter. Look beyond patriot or traitor, that tired old debate. Who presumes to know? Beside, it is too late. The deep unpicking of an age that is not ours to relate. Look down instead, see, here beneath your feet, where in summer you walked barefoot and sunk and claimed each tiny grain of Derby Haven sand for Ilium's men. Now, in this chilly January, walk again. Smooth, untrodden lies today's damp sand, 
Walk, imprint your mark here on the shore, in the shadow of the castle. There will always be a castle. And here, beside a grey and strangely placid sea, make new footprints. Choose to be free. Annie Kizik bringing to an end this edition of Charlay. Shane was Shaniru Shoje Shachley. So from me, Bob Carswell, Wumpin, Robert Akarslach, Sled New.